Hello, Puggies, and welcome to the Pug Life Show, brought to you by Pug Parties, because your pug deserves to be the best-dressed pug at the porty, and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host, Donna, and with me are my puggy co-hosts, Charles and Rosie. In this week's episode, I'm talking to you about why I become a pug mum and who are the puggies that have inspired me over the last 20 years. But before we start, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. I don't know about you, puggies, but I love talking pug, meeting pugs, getting to know pug porins. I mean, who else will understand my utter devotion to my pugs better than other crazy pug ladies or porins? I think that pugs are about the best dogs out there, and if I could, I'd have more than just Charles and Rosie. And you never know what the future might hold once I convince Andrew that more is better than two. I've been a pug mum to rescue pugs for almost 20 years, but that wasn't the plan originally, but as life would have it, the opportunity to give Lewis, my first pug, a safe and loving home presented itself when I was investigating breeders and my gut told me that it was meant to be and I've adopted rescue pugs ever since. Believe it or not, I didn't grow up with pugs or pets per se. I grew up in rural Tasmania with hunting dogs and therefore was not allowed to treat them like a pet because doing so would ruin their training and their job as retrievers. So as you can imagine, all I wanted from a young age was a dog who I could walk and play with and have as a best friend. It just meant that I'd have to wait until I was old enough to get my own dog. Interestingly, it wasn't until I saw the adventures of Milo and Otis that I knew that I was going to be a pug mum or puggy slave, depending on how you look at it. It was love at first sight via VHS. I connected with Otis in a way I'll never be able to completely understand or explain, but that feeling never left me. I think it was because he was just so cute and more importantly, loyal and brave. I wanted a best friend just like Otis, someone who would take the world on with me as well as give me cuddles whenever I wanted or needed them. Unfortunately, it would be another 15 years before I got my wish and Lewis, aka Fat Dog, come into my life. I joined the Navy after I graduated from high school, but in the early years I spent a lot of time at sea, meaning I wasn't home for months at a time and that just wouldn't have been fair for a puggy. But the second I got a long-term shore posting, which meant I was home pretty much every night, that meant I could get a puggy all of my own and I can unreservedly say that I have never regretted rescuing Lewis. Originally, I went looking for a male fawn pug puppy just like Otis, but there was only one breeder in far north Queensland where I was posted with the Navy at the time and so I went on a waiting list. Then a few weeks later, the breeder called me back to talk to me about a seven-year-old black male pug who needed a home. He had a few health issues that would require some time and attention, but what he really needed was love and a safe home. When I heard his story, I knew that it was meant to be, and I said yes almost immediately, arranging to pick him up that weekend. The vet who was caring for Lewis at the time told me that Lewis had had a great start to life. 
He was a purebred pug and his original owners treated him like their child until they had children of their own and then Lewis's position within the family changed. Lewis's life went from being a central part of the family to an outside dog. And as you can imagine, being a pug parent yourself, what happened next? Lewis started crying and barking to be let back inside. And when they moved, he toileted throughout the new house, which was the final straw as far as they were concerned. Lewis was presented to the vet with the request to terminate since there was something wrong with him and they didn't want him to go to a home that would mistreat him. Thankfully, the vet convinced them to give him 24 hours to find a suitable home for Lewis, which was where the breeder and I came in. Lewis had a lot of health concerns, with most of them being the result of some form of neglect or mistreatment. Luckily, all of his physical concerns were treatable with medication, dental procedures and a targeted diet. Surprise, surprise. His mental health issues were a little more challenging initially as he needed an environment where he felt safe and loving even when I had to go to work, which was really difficult for him to start with. He was never more than half a metre away from my side and had an inherent distrust of men, except for my father, my brother and Andrew, and even then they had to earn his trust first. The first time I laid eyes on Lewis, all I saw was his big soulful eyes, his grin, and yep, his solid little barrel body. And before I even realised it, I was saying, wow, puppy, you're such a little fat dog, aren't you? And it just popped out of my mouth. It didn't matter to me that he was a chubby puggy, but the name stuck and he happily responded to it on calling, even though we did get the weight off. But let's face it, skinny punk just doesn't roll off the tongue quite as easily. It would be a few years after losing Lewis to old age before I was able to adopt another pug and it wasn't until I'd retired from the Navy that we finally got the chance to do it. Andrew still had 12 months to go and we'd originally agreed that we would wait to get another fur child until he was home permanently so that we could both be there for the introduction and settling in period. This plan lasted about three months and then Andrew dropped the bombshell one weekend when he was home that he thought we should start looking now and that we should get two puggies instead of one. Now, as you can imagine, I was initially surprised then did a little happy dance inside and then I thought I'd better make sure he knew what he was getting himself into since two pugs did not mean a slight increase in attention and effort but two times the effort of Lewis since I knew that no two pugs are the same and they require equal measures of love and attention 24-7. He was sure that two was the magic number, which I was still very happy with, but also believed that it would no doubt take us months to find puggies to love. So the timing would work out perfectly with his transition out of the Navy and into civilian life. Oh, how wrong we were. The next thing I know, we're on the pug rescue and adoption website, having a look, thinking that there wouldn't be any puggies available because everyone who has a pug would love them and would never give them up unless there was no other choice. And that would be very rare. How naive we were. Once again, the universe stepped in and we saw a listing for two-year-old litter brothers, Sumo and JJ, 
who needed to be adopted together because they were a bonded pair, just perfect for our needs. Andrew and I knew that they were our boys and we applied to adopt them. Yep, that's right, that weekend. So much for waiting until Andrew had come home for good later that year. Wow, Puggies, I'm loving this episode and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. So Sumo and JJ come to live with us and we renamed them because we thought their names could better suit their personalities. So Sumo became Winston after Winston Churchill and JJ became Charles after Charles Kingsford Smith. Both boys had been living in the courtyard of a townhouse where we believed they had lived since being separated from their mother. They had no shelter. They drank water from a dripping tap. There was no grass or garden to play on and they didn't get walked so that they could go exploring or socialising. We assume that they are backyard bred and they are more than likely pure pug, but as we all know, without a blood test to confirm, we're just guessing based on what we see and know of their behaviours and personalities. And as far as Andrew and I are concerned, we don't care. We love them regardless. Both boys had serious health issues to contend with on rescuing, that the lovely ladies at Pug Rescue and Adoption had in hand. Winston was 14 kilos and blind from cataracts. And here I was thinking that 10 kilos on Lewis was a fat dog. Charles was four kilos and had a cleft palate. They both relied on each other for their survival. And even after eyes, cleft palate and weight were fixed, they still relied on each other until the day Winston died. Now, we were still grieving for Winston and trying to figure out how we were going to support Charles through his grief when we got the call to look after Rosie for a couple of weeks whilst her family moved house. Initially, we weren't sure if we were doing the right thing for Charles or not. We agreed to Rosie's sleepover as long as Charles didn't have an issue with it since we weren't sure how he'd react to another pug being in the house so soon after losing Winston but we thought that Rosie's quiet nature might work for Charles and they'd met at playgroups, so they weren't total strangers. As it was, our worries were totally unfounded and Charles was smiling and snuggling within three days of Rosie's arrival. After the first week of seeing Charles so happy, Andrew and I then realised we now had another problem. What do we do when Rosie goes home to her fur family in a week's time and he is home alone again when we're at work? Again, the universe answered that question with a message from Rosie's mum telling me that she was having trouble settling into her new role as a single mum, and who wouldn't, and that she didn't think she'd be able to care for Rosie like she should be. So Andrew and I said that we would be happy to have Rosie join our fur family noting how happy she made Charles and that any time they wanted to come and see Rosie that they were more than welcome. Now Rosie was our first girl and it felt like we were first-time pug porrents all over again. 
Rosie had been a breeding bitch and had delivered two litters by the age of 18 months, which in my opinion is too young. I don't know if that start to life contributed to her aversion to being around a lot of dogs slash pugs in a small area, but Andrew and I had to be very deliberate in her socialisation activities early on because of that. But thankfully, she now does whatever she wants at playgroup. So she's really sort of grown out of it, which is wonderful. We soon discovered that Rosie had issues with her teeth. She's only got three left now and she would vomit through her nose after what appeared to be fits and seizures. After multiple vet visits and filming of the attacks, which I can tell you felt wrong to do, but as a diagnostic tool was very helpful for our vet and specialist, the advice was that Rosie needed airway surgery to help her breathe and reduce the impact of the hyperventilating and the potential for asphyxiation from the vomiting. We still hadn't figured out the cause of it all at the time, but we knew we had to do something to ease her discomfort. So Rosie had the surgery. The specialist said that her larynx was not great, but there's nothing we can do about it at this stage. But other than that, she was fine. And she had a good few weeks before she had another attack. It was less severe than prior to the surgery, but still quite distressing for poor old Rosie. After a few more visits and trials, we discovered that Rosie gets reflux, which basically makes a burp if she eats too quickly. And let's face it, what pug doesn't do that, even with a slow eater bowl. So it can make her burp up through her nose, causing her to panic and start to hyperventilate. Thankfully, we now have a system to reduce the recurrence of reflux without the use of medication. And she's now queen of the castle. She bosses us all around. And surprise, surprise, she's a daddy's girl. The one thing that all my pugs have in common is that they've all loved to get dressed up. They know that an outfit out of their wardrobe means an adventure, which usually includes meeting adoring fans and getting extra treaties. The look on my puggies' faces when I open up the wardrobe and get out an outfit, or when a stranger walks past and gives them a pat, cuddle or compliment, I know that it's worth the time and effort. I love the fact that I can now take Charles and Rosie to a poor-friendly cafe and know that they're as welcome inside on really cold days as much as I am. And to think how things have changed in the last 20 years. I believe Cupid is a pug in disguise. There is no other animal in the world that spreads love and happiness like a pug does. And it is one of the many reasons why I continue to be a pug mum support pug rescues as much as I can and sell clothing and accessories for pugs. I have been blessed with the love of four pugs so far and I know that when the time comes I will be blessed with more but thankfully that time hasn't come yet. Now it's your turn to talk pug. I'd love to know what you love about being a pug mum or parent and how your puggies inspire you. So please share your stories with us over in our Facebook group, Living the Pug Life. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let me know over in our Facebook group, Living the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk 
all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.